Welcome to Lax Historical Context. I'm Sean. I'm Sasha. And uh, we we uh, we seem to do a lot of these themed episodes. I enjoy them. And today we we have the first in a, a very loosely themed two-parter. <laughs> uh, we are discussing filibusters, but in this episode, not the kind of filibuster you think. Yes, because um, that kind I think wasn't around. This this predates that kind, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, substantially. You are all familiar with the the filibuster where someone you know takes the floor in Congress and and talks and talks uh-huh. and talks to try to prevent something from happening. That is not the kind of filibuster we are talking about in this episode. We are going by the old definition that predates the filibuster of you know congressional note. Mm-hmm. We are discussing the filibuster from when someone waged. "Quote unquote unauthorized yeah. war against other places." I feel like places. the one I'm talking about is very much unauthorized. Yeah. I don't know about you, but mine, mine was, you know, he was more of like a like a free agent on the warfare market. Uh, I, I would say mine was a million percent going against what his home nation <laughs> wanted. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's actually like the father of filibustering. Basically. Yeah, it's a little. It's fun. Uh, it's not fun. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, the play on wording is that fun. The play on wording is we, fun. Yes, we, yes, yes. we were discussing we should do filibusters because of, like, you know, no, current events. You, do you know how this started? Because you were like, let's do mercenaries, and I selected mine. Oh, and yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. guess he's more of a That's filibuster. Right. Yeah. I didn't know that then, was a term. Then we discovered the meeting. We're like, well, yeah. let's do mercenaries and filibusters, uh-huh. and then we can do two episodes on filibusters. And, uh, yeah, so, so it's fun. Uh, the drink for today's, I like the title. I think it goes well with it. It's it's uh, from Tentor. Uh, Which dist- is a local. Brand. Yeah, here in Reno, the Tentor Distilling and Brewing. This is the Fight Milk White Stout. Um, it's a, a coffee white stout specifically. Uh-huh. I like the little blurb here. Uh, the perfect hair of the dog remedy made with old world cold brew coffee, white chocolate notes, and a heavy oat mouth. Uh, this mind-altering milk stout with added lactose is hazy to the eye, but milky smooth to the tongue with a dry finish. An alcoholic drink for beer enthusiasts by beer enthusiasts. We drink it every morning. I hope they don't. That's what alcoholism that, is. That's a problem. Yeah. Uh-huh. All At right. that point, you're a little more than a beer enthusiast. Let's get, let's get the pop open, and then I'll tell you why I picked this one. All right. Yeah. All right. I love so, that noise. What do you think? Early taste impressions? Good. I like golden stouts. I like them more than regular stouts. So I picked fight that, milk. Wow, that's really good. For a couple of reasons. One first rule of fight milk is to talk about fight milk. So the one reason I picked fight milk was because it's a white stout. Yeah. So it's taking something that should be brown and making it white. I mean, there you go, filibustering to a T. Filibustering to a T. And then also, it's about fighting. Like, the hand is clutched with money. And filibustering, when it comes down to it... It's all about that sweet, it's sweet It's about moolah. that cash. Yeah. Um, but mainly, it's because it took something brown and made it white. Yep. Yep, yep. And, but this is delicious. Like, it is. I like this it. is really good. I'm really enjoying this. Uh, yeah. So. I think I like white stouts slash golden stouts in general because they're not, I don't think, as heavy as normal stouts. The flavor is a lot smoother. Yeah. And this is coming from someone, I enjoy a stout. Yeah. Like if you get me like, like Guinness is my standard like go-to everyday beer. Yeah. Because it's like a good, solid, well-made stout. But stouts just in general, I love them. 
And this is really tasty. But it isn't as high ABV as a lot of stouts. Mm. And that's the problem with white stouts. I guess this is only a 7%er, which is high-ish, but yeah. not like crazy. Yeah. I mean, I've had some good, because they're either called golden or white stouts. And I've had some good goldens and some good whites. Yeah. And they're the only stouts I really enjoy. Yeah. This is very good. Yeah. Uh, good, good selection. Uh, so, without further ado, let us get to the kind of filibusters that you probably didn't realize were a thing. Uh-huh. Um, so, I am definitely talking about somebody who took something brown and tried to turn it into something white. I am talking about William Walker, a.k.a. He's kind of a dick. Um, <laughs> William was born May 8th, 1824 in Nashville, Tennessee, which means, guess what, Sean? He loves them slaves. Yeah, he does. Pro-slavery, right here. Um, by the age of 25, he was both a lawyer and a doctor um, and decided to travel the world. Um, by 1840, he had his own newspaper and was a huge fan of Manifest Destiny. Hmm. A.K.A. white people settling areas already inhabited because they think they are more awesome than brown people. Yep. That's that's pretty much the realistic definition of Manifest Destiny. Yeah, because God said. <laughs> them brown people over there, uh, get rid of them. We want to go over there. Yeah. So in 1850, he moved to San Francisco and then later to Sacramento here on the West Coast. Um, now, because he thought America was so badass and awesome, he thought everybody should be American. And so he thought that, hey... Let's stop the French from moving into Mexico because there's this whole, it's a long story. A lot of Mexican, French, American quagmire. So he decided, I'm going to move in to Mexico and bring a bunch of Americans and we're basically going to secretly take over the country because we can. Because, as, as one does. You know. And so he actually went to Mexico for permission in 1852 to set up in a mining colony in the town of Sonora, or in the state of Sonora, Mexico. Um, but the government was kind of weary of Mexicans because Texas just happened. Yeah. Because uh, if you're not familiar with this, Basically, Americans just moved into Texas and were like, this is ours now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what we do everywhere. Yeah, that's what we do everywhere. So the Mexican government was like, that's a no from us, dog. Like, we don't need you white people in here. So William was like, yeah, I asked for permission, but I was going to do it anyway. So I'm out. <laughs> I'm going to go to Mexico. So I, I did this to be nice. I did this to be I'm, nice, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, you basically should uh -huh. say yes. So he went to San Francisco to get a boat to take him to Sonora. He actually had to dodge U.S. military folks were, who were there specifically to stop people from filibustering. <laughs> but he, he, he managed to like, hey, look over there and then run the other direction and get on the boat. Yeah. Um, at this point, the U.S. was neutral and did not want to take anybody's shit officially. The official standpoint is we don't want to bug people. Yeah. Um, official policy is no. Yeah, so they actually, the, the force that was there did actually stop him. But then he just found another ship, and then they, they set sail. Hey, when you <laughs> want to filibuster, you fucking filibuster. Uh -huh. So they landed on Cabo, at Cabo San Lucas on October 16th, 1853. All right, after landing in Cabo San Lucas, they went somewhere. <laughs> uh, they actually headed to the capital of Sonora, which is Baja. No, sorry, not the capital of Sonora. The capital of the state of Baja, which is actually La Paz. Um, 
and took over the state of Baja. Um, so he named that area the Republic of Lower California because he's real good with names. I mean, when, <laughs> when there's something above you, it, it's a given. Just take it. Well, I would have, I would appreciate it a new California, Southern California, <laughs> something like Southern that. Southern is basically lower on a map. <laughs> yeah. Um, so even though he named it the Republic of Lower California, he actually adopted all the laws of Louisiana. So slavery would be intact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, later, the name would be changed to the Republic of Sonora. He made himself president of that region because... That's what you fuck do. Fuck it. When you yeah, establish I mean, a country, you establish yourself as the leader of that country. I mean, if you're not, you're just kind of a fool. Let's be real. Right. I'm uh, going to declare this over here, Seanland. But I'm, I'm going to put this dude over here. His name is William. I'm going to put him in I'm charge. I'm going to put him in charge. That's not how it works. So by January of 1854, he had gathered an army of 300 men. Uh, these men came from the United States because they heard what he was doing. And they're like, hell yeah, we love slavery. We love defeating Mexicans. We're down. Let's go. Um, problem was... William kind of sucked at this whole commanding an army thing, so they didn't really have supplies. Mm. So they um, typically armies need supplies. Yeah, so they decided they would uh, raid some local homes, and you know what that did, Sean? Piss people off. Yeah, it turned the locals against him, <laughs> and they, uh, yeah. So supplies were dwindling. Yeah. So the three hundred that were there were just like, yeah, we're gonna bounce. We're gonna go. So a lot of men started deserting. And that's, by that's reasonable. By spring of eighteen fifty four, his army was only a hundred men. <laughs> but despite this, because he's an idiot, he's like, eh, I can do this. We're gonna go take the state of Sonora over, which is like next door. So let's do this. So by the time they made it to the Sonora capital, uh, he only had thirty five men because Jesus. everybody started deserting. <laughs> This guy is not a good leader. <laughs> so Walker was like, well, shit, let's bail. And so he bailed, too. And they went over to the border towards, like, San Diego or what is now San Diego. Probably was San Diego then because San Diego is a mission town. Um, and they're like, hey, United States Army, can you come and, like, get us? We're done. And the United States Army's like, God damn it, sure. <laughs> so on May 8th, 1854, the U.S. Army took the william walker's army into custody and took william walker into custody so because he uh, violated the neutrality act that the american country america wow the usa the american country hey we just did something about the, <laughs> the, the revolutionary war uh, so he was sent to trial in san francisco so there was justice sean no there wasn't yeah because you know what happened <laughs> what he, he was sort of acquitted and like under an hour, basically. So, uh, no spoilers, but that's going to be a running theme in this episode. <laughs> yep, sure is. <laughs> because what... The thing was, back at home, his exploits... Back in America, his exploits were seen as bad fucking ass. So, you basically couldn't get a jury to convict this guy. Because they're yeah. like, he's just... He loves America. He's just so cool. He's just so cool. Why would we convict him of anything? So you can't keep a man who wants to control brown people down. Because less than a year later, he was on to his next country to yep. conquer. Yep. So, sort of. I mean, running themes. 
Yeah, running <laughs> things. So Nicaragua was in the state of civil war at the moment. Um, there were two factions fighting for control of Nicaragua. The Leonese faction um, and the Granada faction. So the Granada faction was actually winning over the Leonese faction. So they heard that Walker, the Leonese faction heard that La- Walker would like, you know, fight for them. So they asked him to come on down and head their forces. Yeah. As you do. As you do. So on May 3rd, 1855, a year after he surrendered to American forces after trying to take over Mexico, yeah, he heads out for Nicaragua. Um, so again, they had another force who was there trying to stop people from filibustering. Yeah. And of course, the general who was told to stop people from filibustering ran into William and it was like, I hope you're successful on this one. <laughs> High five, bro. Go ahead. Good luck. Good luck. <sighs> People suck. So <laughs> when he arrived, he had a 60-man army with him, and it was bolstered by an additional 100 American troops that were down there for funsies, I guess. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> and then 200 Nicaraguans on top of that that were on the Leo- Leonese faction side. So they made a march to Granada, and they captured it um, in October 1855. He then, of course, declared himself president of Nicaragua, as you do. I, I mean, <sighs> this is now how many uh, states that he's held office in? <laughs> this is the second one, and he's decided he's president. But but how many of them has he declared himself to be? Two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two so, with an asterisk. <laughs> uh-huh. So... He he declared himself president of Nicaragua, and we actually acknowledged the fact that he was president of Nicaragua as the United States. Really? Yeah. By my my faves, Franklin Pierce was the president to acknowledge that he was the president okay. of Nicaragua. Okay. So. I can. You know what? I can get behind that. That's cool. <laughs> but you know, Nicaragua um had some anti-slavery rules. So guess what Will did as president of Nicaragua. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna As a God, I wanna say God he legalized slavery? Yeah, he overturned all them anti slavery laws. Yeah. And he also did This is I don't know how this is worse than overturning slavery, but it just almost is. He made English the official language of Nicaragua. Yeah, yeah that's oh man. <laughs> like obviously I, I only speak English. Asterisk. Yeah. I have enough training in Spanish. I it should was, be able to speak Spanish. At the time in Nicaragua, it was probably his men and maybe a handful of others who could speak English, I would assume. Yeah. So, yeah. F- fuck you, dude. So, uh, naturally, people weren't thrilled that there could be slaves again, and people weren't thrilled that they had to speak English. Yep. So, in addition, so... The people of Nicaragua are pissed at him, which, you know, whatever, I guess people can be pissed at you. But more importantly, he decided to say that Cornelius Vanderbilt could no longer use Nicaragua as a thoroughfare for trade. Because before the Panama Canal, yep. people would cross through Nicaragua. Yep, it's up there on that, that northern area. Uh-huh. Yeah, that northern and, um, coast. So you know what you don't do, Sean? You don't fuck with the Vanderbilts. <laughs> you don't fuck with the <laughs> Vanderbilts. And he was like, oh, really? You're not going to let me cross into here? Well, go fuck yourself. So 
Vanderbilt sent his own army down. And then he also was able to get backing of the Costa Rican army because the Costa Ricans were like, there's this crazy white guy trying to take over a bunch of <laughs> yeah. Central American countries. He said we're not allowed to speak Spanish anymore, bro. <laughs> um, <laughs> perhaps we should stop him before he tries to take over Costa Rica. <laughs> um, so they kicked him out of Nicaragua in 1857. Um, and he was sent back to the United States. He was tried again and he was acquitted again. Yeah. Because at this Running point... Theme. At this point, he was a folk hero. And I get it. The Vanderbilt's horrible. <laughs> the fine line yeah. between folk hero and war criminal. Yeah, like, I get it. Vanderbilt suck, robber barons, all that shit. He has a point, Cornelius Vanderbilt does. You know, you know fun fact about the Vanderbilt sucking? I feel like they're turning it around these days. Uh-huh. Uh, James Vanderbilt, the like the current generation yeah. of Vanderbilt, is a screenwriter huh. in the U.S. Uh, he... Uh, he wrote the movie Zodiac oh. with Robert Downey Jr. and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal yeah, about like the Zodiac movie, killer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know how they're also turning it around. You know who else is a Vanderbilt? Um, Anderson Cooper. Yep. I did. Yeah, you beat me to it by his, half a second. And his mom makes glorious jeans, or yep. did. She's dead now. Yeah. Sorry, Gloria Vanderbilt. We we love you, Anderson Cooper. Yeah, I, uh, I really do. Vanderbilt's are really, that pendulum is swinging uh-huh. back. <laughs> so anyway... He now has tried to conquer Mexico. He's tried to conquer Nicaragua. Failed both times. He's been acquitted twice of violating the Neutrality Act of America. But you can't keep a filibusterer down. Nope. Um, So he was acquitted in May 1857, thereabouts. In November 1857, he was in Central America again. (laughs) This this dude is... He just doesn't know how to quit. He doesn't. He has some. He's sticking to it. Uh, This time, he wanted to take over Nicaragua again. So this time, he landed in Costa Rica to make his way up through Nicaragua. But finally, some American Navy stepped in, and the U.S. Navy was like, "Hey, let's not and say we did. Let's send you back (laughs) to the U.S." So then he was put on trial again in New Orleans, and he was. Acquitted once again. <laughs> so, yep, we're doing the old third times the charm, Sean. <laughs> so, um, this time he gave it a little more time. It's now August 1859. Okay. So he landed in Honduras to make his way up to Nicaragua. Okay. Because you know, I get it. You don't want to land in Nicaragua because they'll be like, "It's William fucking Walker again." He's gonna fucking try to take us over, right? Again. You're gonna see him and you're yeah. like, "Come on, this fucking guy." Yeah. So, unfortunately for him, I guess. Well, prior to him landing in Honduras, um, his boat that he took the first time actually sunk off the coast of Belize, so he had to return back to the United States, find a new boat. And travel again. If it was me, I would have just noped out at that yeah, point. Yeah, I've been like, you know what? This is a sign. Yeah, this is a sign. Perhaps I shouldn't try to conquer Nicaragua again. <laughs> so this time, though, the Honduras army was like basically ready for him. And so he had an army of 91 when he landed in Honduras. 91. 91. I don't feel like you can call that an army. <laughs> I guess with him, it's 92. So, um, <laughs> oh well, then that—that's the threshold. So the Nick, the Honduras army basically chased him all around Honduras, and 
by the end of this little chase, he had 31 men left who were all sick because they're in a foreign country. So the other 60 men, were they killed or did they just desert? Killed, deserted, injured, too much to move on. Okay. Um, And so the British army, who has holdings in the area, was like, I don't want to get involved, but... Let's have our Navy blockade any sort of reinforcements for him. So they did. Okay. And they're like, let's just see what, let's see how this plays out. Yeah. So the Honduran army basically had William and his 31 sick and dying men. Even Walker himself was sick. They all like had the shits. They were all with fever. You can't call this an army anymore. (laughs) So at this point, all it is is a gather. It's a support group for the, like the, the tropically ill. <laughs> yeah, that's what they were calling it, the tropically ill. So they're all like <laughs> dying in this camp and the Honduran army's on one side and then on the other side you have the ocean with a bunch of British ships just like hanging out. Yeah, they're, they're, they're watching it for shits and giggles. Yeah, they're, they're watching like, it for shits and giggles. Like, he's a dumbass. So on September... No, so william's like okay i either have the hondurans who will probably murder me if i if i talk to them yeah but i have the british and i'm american they're british we're white we're buds let's do this i'm gonna surrender to the captain of the american the commander of the british navy force that's blockading my reinforcements okay so he surrendered to british commander norval norval salmon salmon (laughs) salmon Solomon? Salmon. Spell it. It's spelled like salmon. Oh, then salmon. <laughs> but it's British. Salmon. Salomon. <laughs> anyway, That's French. <laughs> anyway, he surrenders to this guy, and Salmon's like, okay, here's the deal. I get you. I will take you back to America. I'll take your 31 men back. We're cool. We're bros. It's cool. And he's like, yay. William Walker's like, yay, let's do this. Nobody knows what happened in his mind, but huh. Sam had decided to just turn William Walker over to the Honduran government. Ooh. <laughs> and then he also decided... That's a fun little twist. <laughs> uh-huh. And then he was like, you know, you 31 sick and dying men, I'm going to just drop you off in this island off the coast of like the Honduran port. Yeah. So yeah, have yeah. fun getting back to the States. Wow. And so... That's a, that's a fantastic move. Um... <laughs> Eventually, uh, those 31 men, out of those 31 men, only 19 made it back to the U.S. They either stayed in the area or died um, and told the story of what happened. Um, But on September 12, 1860, at the age of 36, William Walker was put to death by firing squad by the Honduran army. Because you know what? If he went back to America, he probably would have been acquitted. Yeah. Honduras was like, no, 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 no. fucking third we're, time's we're, a goddamn we're, charm. Click, we're click. done dealing yeah. with you. So my sources were uh, Atlas Obscura, Grave of Filibuster William Walker, because you can actually go visit the grave in Honduras if you want to. Uh, San Francisco Museum, they did uh, on their website, they have a portion about William Walker. They kind of treat him as like a, like, I don't like how nicely they write about him. Because right. in the end, he's a shit. Yeah. Um, History.com, Manifest Destiny, William Walker, Filibuster, Nicaragua, Mexico, Invasion. And then History.net, William Walker, King of the 19th Century Filibusters. <laughs> I feel like in order to be King of the Filibusters, you have to, like, 
achieve something. Yeah. <laughs> and William did not. I mean, he ran Nicaragua for like two years. I was about to say, he was the president of Nicaragua <laughs> as recognized by another country. So. Uh-huh. But uh, it's Pierce. We don't. Mm. <laughs> um, I also started reading a book about him, but it was a little dry, so I didn't use that as a source. Okay. Lie. Fair enough. I, that actually happened uh, with mine as well. I, I got a book, and then I was like, God, no. I got like, <laughs> I got like six pages in, and I was like, dude. Like too much. I ended up reading a book chapter and then like a really extensive online article. Uh, my guy is a fella. This this guy, he's he's from Scotland, which will make all the sense you need to know <sighs> when you hear his name. But he is fantastically named, and I fucking love his name so much his name is gregor mcgregor <laughs> that is such a good name <laughs> and it makes me so happy but it's also like you're trying to make up a fake name and you're just like my name's right? gregor it's it's like a placeholder name in fiction where mm-hmm. one of your characters is from scotland yeah well, let's call him gregor mcgregor nope it'll be fine they hit bare minimum because everything else about this guy's life was going to be awesome Sure. I, I don't like filibusters. And by awesome, I mean you're going to be kind of mad at I'm how well be... this guy did. Okay, because my guy did not do well. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, he did well at the filibustering. You mm-hmm. could argue that it is, like, legitimate. It's the stuff that did later. I told you this before we started recording. Uh, my guy, he ticks that little filibuster box within the first couple minutes of my talk it's what he did later i could have talked about him in the con artist episode and he probably <laughs> would have fit in better but either way this story is fantastic i mean he has a good con artist name gregor so who, who, mcgregor who took your money it was a scottish guy i think his name was gregor <laughs> mcgregor he gave you a fake name <laughs> yeah everyone writes it off yeah he was real though gregor mcgregor was born on december 24th 1786 in edinburgh mm-hmm uh, so there's a lot of documents missing in his life, um, you know, history. Sometimes there, yeah. I mean, it was a long time ago. Yeah, uh, he became a, a British soldier in 1803. Uh, one source I read said that there was no other records. Another one said that he was in the service until 1810. So, you know, make of I mean, that what you will. You just don't like it's. You just don't leave the army. Like and you I'll, serve. Yeah, a period of time. And Let's also, be reals. also one source said British Army, the other said Royal Navy. Oh, so that is different. Yeah, you know, whatever. What we do know by 1811, he was like, you know what? I really like this whole Warren thing. <laughs> it's pretty good. Guys. I'm good at it. Yeah, I'm f- I, like, I'm having fun. So he was like, God, where can I go to do some fucking fighting? I just want to kick some ass. Right. I don't even want to take names. I just want to kick some ass. Uh, yeah, I don't care. I don't give yeah. a shit who's attached to the ass. So uh, by 1811, he was like, you know what? There's a lot of fighting going on over there in uh, the Americas. Oh, yeah. So he was like, so I'm going to go to South America, right? And I'm going to seek my fortune as a soldier. And after a little while, he arrives in uh, Venezuela. Wait, did, is he the the founder of Soldier of Fortune magazine? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. Uh, no, so he arrives in Venezuela, mm-hmm. and he appeals to them. He goes, hey, I know how to war. I just got taught how to war by, like, the biggest <laughs> empire Not there is. Not to brag or anything, yeah. but I'm really good at war. So Venezuela, uh, they were, you know, tensions were rising, and starting in 1812, they fought a war of independence from Spain. Because Spain sucks. Yeah. 
the Spanish Empire, not so. And he was like, I know how to war. Like, if you think that English are bad, the Spanish are like 10 times more bad, I feel like. <laughs> like, they, they're, they're like the British, but Catholic. They're um, like the British, but Catholic. And they also <laughs> care less than the British. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. So, anyway, so Venezuela is like, you know what? The British have fought a lot against the Spanish. Mm-hmm. He knows, you know, plus he knows how to soldier. Okay, fine. So they commission him as a colonel. Okay. Uh, he does not take a long time to distinguish himself. Like, he is kicking some serious ass on the battlefield. So by age 30, uh, his full title, he is general in the division in the army of Venezuela and New Grenada. I say Grenada. Grenada, Grenada, potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Uh, he, the point is, general. By, by age 30, he is general of an entire country's army. I'd like to say that William was the president of a country at age 30. <laughs> I, will, I will get there. So in the Venezuelans fight for independence, like he wins a shit ton of battles against the Spanish. Mm-hmm. Like he is kicking some serious Spanish ass. And the whole thing is over. 1817, he's like, God, man, I wasn't warring for very long. I could be warring for more. Right. So he was probably like a serial killer. Is that what you're telling me? I, like, if, I, if he didn't what? have a war, he might have killed some people for funsies. So here's the fun part. He actually didn't have a war. <laughs> After that war, he was like, you know what? I'm just going to sail around the whole Central America area. Mm-hmm. And if I see some Spanish people, I'm just going to kill them. Did I'm just going to attack him. Wait, did the Spanish, like, kill his dog? Is he John Wicking, the <laughs> Spanish? Like, what's going on? That was actually my theory last night. When I was taking the notes, before I backspaced it out of my notes here, mm-hmm. I actually put in, this dude was just the John Wick, and the Spanish were his Russian gangsters. Yeah, like, that's, like, what, that's what it seems like. It seems yeah. like this Spanish did something to him. Yeah. Like, show us on the doll where the Spanish touched you right? sort of situation. He just liked killing Spaniards. So, after a little while, he'd been kind of sailing around Central America, mm-hmm. killing Spaniards. As one does. And he arrived in ni- what is present-day Nicaragua. <laughs> Poor Nicaragua. Now, like... now, at this point, this was before the William Walker stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's known, this should give you an idea of how awful it was. He arrived specifically on what is known as the Mosquito Coast. And that's why William Walker only <laughs> had 31 men at the end of that right. little like chase it w- scene. It was kind of a shithole. Yeah. Like, like swamp and nasty and gross. Um, there had previously been some attempts at colonies there. So there were like buildings and stuff. Yeah. But it, it wasn't like. I believe the British tried to settle that did. area. Because yeah. if you look at the geography of Central America, that is the easiest point to cross between yep. the oceans. You just have to. I think they take like smaller boats through a river or something, or they like river or overland, overland depending on the supplies. But it's the shortest distance in which you can cross yeah. to the next ocean. So there were there were a bunch of old abandoned, quote unquote, state buildings. Yeah. You can call them that. Strategically, they weren't, they weren't there anymore. It's a good place to own. Yeah. So the land itself, though, however, deserted shithole. Like yeah, nobody was there. Also, white people aren't. They l- mosquitoes like white people. Yeah. So he's like, God damn it. There's no Spanish here to fight. I want money. How so, How do I get money? What Blank do you... plus killing Spanish <laughs> equals profits. Right. What's the other thing? Right. So he was, like, he was like, God, you know what? This whole new world thing is still kind of a romanticized mm-hmm. idea, right? 
So he decided, you pull a con. Hell yeah. <laughs> so in 1820, McGregor and his wife, Yosefa, uh, she was she was uh, uh, from this new world, Spanish oh, okay. descent. Yeah. I was like, he married a Spanish lady? That <laughs> when, seems weird. When you want to take it over, man. <laughs> but no, she was like Spanish, wink, wink. Like yeah, they she just was, she was new world. Basically, yeah. a conquistador raped somebody in her family, right. and that is how she is Spanish. Right. So they go to London in 1820, mm-hmm. and no one. No one gave a shit who McGregor was. Like, like he was known because he had soldiered. I like, mean, I assume he was fairly wealthy at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, he'd made a lot of money. Yeah, like he made a shit ton of money. Money talks. Spanish, but it was it wasn't the kind of money that like turns heads like immediately oh. upon landing. It was like it was like new money. It was yeah. like oh, you made money on Google. Good for you. Right. So he gave himself a fancy title to make people care. So here's the thing. You can't just give yourself <laughs> a fancy title. I think the queen has something against that. Well, remember how I mentioned the pulling a con part? Yeah. Oh, that's a con? His title, His Serene Highness Gregor I, Sovereign Prince of the State of Poyers and its Dependencies and Kazikh of the Poyer Nation. I'm hearing a lot of Poyer and Poyer and I'm thinking yeah, chicken. Yeah. So he decided, there's all this land here in Nicaragua. This is mine. Nobody wants it. Nobody cares. So flag? So he went around and claimed that the land had been given to him by a native chief with whom he'd gained favor for kicking Spanish ass. But there were like, there were natives in Nicaragua. I mean, it wasn't completely deserted. There were people there. It wasn't, this region... Yes and no. There were like natives there, uh-huh. but the British had attempted to colonize it, and so it just it, didn't stick. It was pretty empty. Okay. There, there were some people, but not a lot. Okay. And because the place was a shithole, but he was like, "Sorry, this Nicaragua." Place, yeah, <laughs> this this place is like bad. Like, yeah. like it's not where you would first think of. Hey, this is a prime real estate mm-hmm. for building civilization. Uh, you know, it's like Washington D.C. The land that it's on is like swampy. Yeah, and gross. Now that we've built society there, you know, it's fine. It's just yeah. a little, it's musty. But when you first get there. That's how I love to describe a city. Right? Musty. <laughs> well, it is. I've been there in the summer and fuck that. I'm never going back except for winter. Um, Great. But when you first land there, you're like, oh, mm. why? You know? You're like, that's a no from me, dog. I'm yeah. going to go somewhere else. <laughs> Thanks, though. Exactly. So he claimed. I have all this really fine land, and it is fucking glorious. Like when you walk around, it is littered with precious stones. Like there are, there is. It, if you put your fingers in the dirt and overturn it, you find gold. You can mine gold everywhere, right? So he's pretending he's Spanish now at this point because <laughs> right, that, yeah, I feel yeah. like that's what the Spanish he's like, did. He's like sugar and cotton and all these like luxurious and and tropical fruits and everything. And they all grow everywhere. And you should see the native women <laughs> boobs to here. <laughs> Holy shit! Like he was like, this is this is paradise, right? They make a great sandwich paradise. <laughs> it's called a Cuban, uh-huh. ironically. Oh, so good. Um, so this whole thing, it does not take long for it, for it like to catch on. Yeah. Because there's a lot of treasure hunters. A lot of people want money. Well, yeah. It's, and like, like, it's that time where treasure hunting and stuff yeah, yeah. is happening. And he has just said, precious stones, gold, plantations. Yeah. Everything people want to capitalize on to make money in the new world. Like, I have a great timeshare for you. I want you to be the first yeah. in on this. Right. 
So he's he he has all these maps that are totally bullshit, and it gets out, and uh, he actually sets up offices in London and Edinburgh. Uh, selling acres of land in Poye. He's legit the first timeshare guy, isn't yeah, he? He's yeah, like, yeah. but he, you can be here from January. <laughs> right. And he's selling all this land in this in this country. Uh-huh. People have no idea it's fictional. They're like, awesome. This is this fucking sounds great. He sets up a quote unquote bank of Poye. <laughs> and he says, if you give me money, I will give you notes good at the bank of Poyer. So when you get there, you have currency. Yeah, like, I don't want you n- not, like, if you're going right. to spend British pounds, you're going to look like a rube. I don't right. want you to look like a rube. So he's, like, he's he's buying ships, and, and then he's selling them to people to, like, you know, sail there. On September 10th, 1822, the first 50 settlers of Poyer arrived. <laughs> and they're like, Fuck. They get there, and they, they immediately realize what sort of festering bullshit they've landed. Uh. They're like, what the fuck? They found old abandoned buildings, Swampland and just a shit ton of awful. Like they're like they basically get there and they're like, "Is this it?" That's my wrestling name, by the way. Shit ton of awful. Shit ton of awful. <laughs> <laughs> so another ship arrives soon after. So there's now about two hundred people there, uh-huh. and they're they're you know they're talking with each other and they're like, "What's what's going on?" And then they're like, "Well, maybe we landed in the wrong place, right?" They're like, "Maybe we're lost." Yeah. Okay. So they grab okay, all their they get all their stuff off the ships. And they start moving inland. And they're looking for these magnificent cities that he's described, yeah. right? And I like, this is the kind of shit you hear about this, and you're like, dude, what did these people do to piss off fate? Yeah. Because they get all their stuff off the boats, and they start walking inland, and a fucking hurricane hits oh. and destroys the ships that brought them there. Well, you got to make <laughs> do at this point. I feel like, <laughs> like you don't have another choice. Right. So it gets bad. There... It's called the Mosquito Coast. So many mosquitoes. They they the people start getting sick and dying of malaria and yellow what? fever. Like it's it's bad. Um, other, but you know what? At this time, they probably just thought it was God being pissed. <laughs> right. There are other like British territories mm. in the region, and they hear about it and they're like, "Fuck, we got to go help these people." Yeah, out. like so they go. They start helping people, and they're they're doing stuff, and then through the conversations people start to figure out what's going on. <laughs> Other ships that are on their po- uh, on their way to Poyer are intercepted. Word gets back to England. Yeah. Uh, in total, seven ships carrying people left for Poyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the two that got fucked up, but the country didn't exist. So they, all, they all go back. Uh, when, after those ships had left, McGregor was like, okay, it's not going to be long now before the jig is up, right? <laughs> I got to take my money and run, <laughs> bitches. Come on, Josephina. So he says, let's see, what's the one place in the country, er, in the world that's uh, not going to be super hot at talking to the English? The French. So he fucks off to Paris. <laughs> I mean, fair. But I, I also don't think fair because... So at this point, he's wealthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a lot of money. Yeah. So the upper crust in France and the upper crust in England actually do talk. They do. Um, and they're all related. This was all, yeah. This was all after the Napoleonic Wars, though. Oh, okay. So, so it was like, it was like, those, yeah. All the fancy French people have no heads now. Okay, yeah, yeah. I get it. Was, it. <laughs> it was, yeah. Uh, so he goes to France and then he's like, you know what? I would love some more money. <laughs> You're going to run out of places to run to, bro. Like, so you got to calm down. So he does the exact same fucking thing. <laughs> he just starts telling them about Poyer and by 1825, he tricked a shit ton of people into believing in this place. 
one expedition, down from seven, so it's a little better. Uh-huh. One expedition leaves in September of 1825. Uh, you know, he keeps getting money, but the word of his deception spread a little quicker, and he's like, God damn it. 1827 rolls around. He's like, it's starting to get a little hot. And then he decides, you know what? Maybe I can go back to England. Maybe I can sort this all out. Maybe I can I can deal with this. Mm-hmm. So he goes back to London, and and he immediately gets arrested. <laughs> I mean, fair. Like they're just like motherfucker. We haven't forgotten about you. Um, but what's uh, the running theme in the episode, Sasha? They get acquitted. Yeah. So he didn't get acquitted. Um, but he probably had a lot of money and was able to bribe some people and his new money, he probably knew some people. He gets out of prison like immediately. Like they're like, we're arresting you for this. And then they're like, okay, you're done. Your sentence is over. In this case, I'm okay with him getting off because he just, (laughs) he just caught a bunch of rich British people. He didn't try to like overthrow government. What about the settlers that went there looking for a new life? They were like farmers. Perhaps they shouldn't be dumbasses. <laughs> Perchance. So he gets out of prison and he's like, you know what? I got off easy here. Maybe. He goes back to Paris. No. What? You got off easy here. That doesn't mean you're going to get off easy in Paris. Go somewhere else, you stupid idiot. Go to like Sweden. Nobody cares about Sweden. Sorry, Swedish. He's he's arrested in Paris. Duh. And after like almost no time at all, he's out of jail. And he's totally of fine. Uh, of course. And then he's like, you know what? Life's good. So he evades justice. And then he just kind of hangs out. He just lives on all the money that he, he doesn't go back to of. Nicaragua. He doesn't. So 1839. Uh-huh. It's been 12 years at this point. And he's kind of run out of money. And he's like, God, you know what? I would really like to go somewhere. The Poirier thing is up. Like, everyone knows about that now. I need a vacation. <laughs> so he appeals to the Venezuelan government. And he sends them a great big letter. And he says, hey, here's a list of all the major battles that I won <laughs> for you against the I Spanish. Remember when I was a badass yeah. for you guys? And he appeals to them for citizenship. And he was like, I was a badass. I was a general. I helped you guys gain your fucking independence. And the Venezuelans were like, yeah, that's cool. Fair, yeah, fair. You cool. did. Cool. So they, not only do they grant him citizenship, mm-hmm. they reinstate him in the military as a general and they give him a pension. He like he is gets reinstated and then he retires. Ad- so he gets a pension. Admittedly, that is fair. He <laughs> helped them get yeah. free from yeah. Spanish rule. So he goes back to Venezuela. He lives in Caracas. Uh, he dies at age 59, just kind of living in paradise, living yeah, on the Venezuelan like, government's dime. Back in the day, that was a pretty good age to die at. Like, yeah, yeah. Let's that, be real. And that that's literally is the basic life story of McGregor. Did he have kids or anything? Uh, I didn't see anything. Nothing I read about him. Huh. mentioned kids. Um, I assume. I mean, he had a wife. I imagine we're going to go to Venezuela one day and just see a bunch of like redheaded Scots looking <laughs> people running around. I'm like, oh, you're McGregor's right. ancestor. So he, he was a soldier turned soldier for hire. Turned ballsy con artist who robbed two countries and got away with it, and then turned soldier on a pension again, and he and that was his life story. Retired filibuster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he deserved so much worse, and he lived a life of glory. See again, like 
I prefer I prefer McGregor. I if I saw McGregor, I wouldn't punch him in the face. If I saw William Walker, I'd be like, yeah. "You're a fucking asshole. Yeah. You love slavery and you love subjugating brown people. Punch in the face." Yeah. McGregor, I'd be like, "Let's go con some white people." Right? You like you're just like, <laughs> "God damn it! I have nothing but respect for you. You." fucking asshole yeah uh, i wouldn't my, even call him an asshole i'd just be like nice <laughs> <laughs> fucking scots through and through uh-huh. so uh my my sources for this were gregor mcgregor the prince of poyer by victor allen on historytoday.com and then gregor mcgregor clansman conquistador and colonizer on the fringes of the british empire by john brown uh which was a chapter in the book colonial lives across the british empire Imperial Careering in the Long 19th Century, which was edited by David Lambert and Alan Lester. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's it. I have to say one more time how much I enjoyed the beer we just drank. Yes, fight milk. Fight milk, Tentor. The second rule of fight milk. Talk about fight milk. Talk about fight milk. Yeah, Tentor, if you want to sponsor us, we're here. Although, to be honest, some of your beers just kind of meh, but this is great. We should drive down there and ask them about the sponsorship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we should. I will conveniently use the total number of plays over our entire run instead of a plays per episode. <laughs> yes! Uh, anyway, um, so uh, listen to us. Spotify, preferably. Overlords probably demand sacrifice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, Instagram. Yes, that's Instagram, right. Instagram, Twitter. I don't know what he twats at people, but I post Instagrams of things <laughs> occasionally. You should know the temptation for me to tweet about the 49ers are, is real hard. I have a question. Is it okay if I wear my 49ers jersey at work for like f- on Friday? Do you remember when... So, little little side note. Of course, as you all know, we're in Reno. Uh, Colin Kaepernick... Uh, hold a fist in the air in support of you, dude. It's not right that the NFL has blackballed you. Yeah. But uh, when he was the 49ers quarterback, he took them to a Super Bowl. Yes. There was a guy that used to work where we work. I remember because as a 49ers fan, I noted this. The Friday before the Super Bowl that Cap played in. Yes. He was not only in his Colin Kaepernick 49ers jersey. He had his hair dyed red. (laughs) <laughs> he had you know those like big like obnoxious metallic colored plastic beads yeah like he had like eight necklaces of those around his neck he was like this dude was fucking decked out nice. only for the niners to be robbed by the referees in that super bowl but yes you can totally get away with it okay cool because i i really want to wear my Mahomes jersey because also, I love Mahomes. You just said 49ers jersey. You I mean meant, Chiefs jersey. I mean Chiefs jersey. Ah, my Chiefs jersey because I, sh- I have a Mahomes jersey. Now, now that I mention it, you should wear your Chiefs jersey and I should wear my Niners jersey on Friday. Okay, I'm down. We're recording this. This is uh, the Saturday eight days before the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl 54. And I'm rooting for the Chiefs. Our teams are, are opposing each other. Yes. I am a Niners fan. Sasha here is a Chiefs fan. Uh, I'm a Mahomes fan. That's true. That's true. Uh, Actually, that brings up a question to digress a little bit here on the podcast. Because it took it took me. I told you this how it took me years to convince my cousin that he was actually a Brett Favre fan Uh and not a Packers fan. If Mahomes, like if if something happened, if the Chiefs are smart, this will never happen. Yes, I. But but if if for some reason they traded him or if he became a free agent went somewhere else. Would you continue to root for him, or would you continue to root for the Chiefs? I actually do think I would continue root for, rooting for the Chiefs. So, okay. 
my family goes through phases. Uh-huh. So we'll like a sport or a thing. We've always liked baseball, and we are St. Louis Cardinals fans for like four generations. We're St. Louis Cardinals fans. Okay. So at one point in my early childhood, I remember my dad going through a football phase. And so he is a nerd, as everybody in my family is. So he really loved when the Baltimore or not the Baltimore Orioles, when the Baltimore Ravens became a thing. He loved the fact that they named them the Ravens after, after Poe, po, Edgar yeah. Allan Poe. Yeah. And so I remember him getting a Ravens jacket and my little my older sister getting a Ravens jacket. And for some reason, I had a Kansas City Chiefs jacket. OK. So I think I've always kind of been on Chiefs. So I think I would stay a Chiefs fan. Although I love, 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 love the color scheme of the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Too much. I mean, I love it too much. I've I've been a football fan for a long time and I've made fun of the Browns for a long time because they are a shitty organization and they are a shitty team. But that it has a very old school old fashioned orange and brown. You got me like, I don't know what it is about that because I it's classy. Uh, when the Padres, the San Diego Padres, went with the monk theme more and were more of an orange and brown team, I was like, oh, I think I might like the Padres now, despite all my Cardinals love. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I didn't. And I would like to say that when we did root for the Cardinals and when I watched Cardinals, the Cardinals games consistently in baseball, my favorite player was number 22, Matthew Matheny, who actually got traded to the Giants he was a catcher. He got traded to the Giants as a catcher. Yeah. I didn't switch alliances. Like okay. I was still a Cardinals fan. Okay. So you are a Chiefs fan first. Yeah, I'm a, I think I'm a Chiefs fan first. I'm a Cardinals fan first. I know that. But Matheny just came back and is actually, I think, he's the head coach now for the Cardinals. The manager. He's the manager of the Cardinals. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. All or right. he's a coach. I don't know. Forgive us this digression. Yeah. Sorry, uh, we're talking about sports. I apologize. Yeah. But, um, I. You In know, the next couple of episodes, maybe we'll do a follow-up. Can I tell you why I like sports real quick? Sure. Them pants are tight. God damn it. <laughs> uh, when you tell your friends about lax historical context. Tell them we said something interesting. <laughs>